0: Hello everyone, this is another episode of Tomahawk Talk Podcast Edition. I am your host, Brett Rutherford, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Gary Putnick. Gary, how's it going down in South Florida?
1: It's going pretty good, I mean, as well as it can really be going right now down in South Florida. But that last, right when you said welcome to the uh, podcast edition, it didn't sound like it had that much excitement to it. I mean, it's just the quarantine getting to you out
0: there? It, it is, and... I'm trying my best to be excited about the return of, of soccer, of baseball, of hockey in the U S but I'm having a hard time Uh, with, with everything going on. uh, Cases are still going up. Mm -hmm. I am excited to see the sports on TV, you know, especially since we've gone so long without any, but knowing that everything's going on, I don't know. It's kind of bittersweet to see, to see them return, but but, I mean, I, like I said, I'm still excited. I'm still happy to see it on TV. Yeah, here. you
1: got to take it all with a grain of salt right now.
0: I think it's more so that I'm just not convinced that all of these restarts and all of these returns are going to be able to finish their whatever 2020 season um, that they have planned. And that goes, goes for a lot of sports. MLS is going through a lot of issues. NWSL had a team pull out of yeah, MLS that so did the same thing. And uh, Major League Baseball, I don't know. There's issues with testing. And it's just it's just not very uh, convincing.
1: Yeah, I've I've had a lot more optimism in that regard. I've been trying to keep myself up and say, hey, let's keep going. Stay the course. I mean, maybe we can get this done. Let's,
0: I'm hoping for the best right now. Me too. Me too. 100% always. And uh, also joining the show again today, our producer, Sebastian Andriano. Sebastian, what's up, buddy?
2: Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, it's good to be back. It is currently pouring outside because we are in for our regularly scheduled afternoon tap of shower It's pretty nice.
0: It's been um, happening in Tallahassee too, every single day, on command.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to be back on the show, and um, I had a great weekend personally. Uh, f- the Formula One race in Austria on Sunday uh, delivered. For a while, it looked like it wouldn't, but um, what a show. What a show. Seven cars didn't finish. Uh, with the youngest uh, man ever to reach the podium. Uh, Lando Norris placed third. Uh, It was a hell of a race. And I advise that if you can uh, try and find some highlights online, because it was a show. I love it. Yeah.
0: I realized that uh, more than just you, Sebastian, I follow like five or six other people that are pretty big F1 fans. And uh, the way they were tweeting about it over the weekend, I might have to tune into the next race. Uh, Also joining the show today uh, he he was a trivia champion earlier in the summer. Gabe Tisnes, what is up, my man?
3: Uh, Brett. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been it's been a while. It's been almost a month, I think, since I was on the show. But I'm really glad to be back. Um, you know, currently in quarantine as well, working, but also dealing with Barcelona choking away La Liga, which yeah has been very disappointing. Uh, a lot of pain that I didn't miss from sports has come back to my life, but I think it's it's better than being empty.
0: I mean, Zidane for Real Madrid, and for my money, best manager in the world. And he's uh, proven it time and time again. And, and again, yeah, this is a huge example here.
3: There. He's definitely up there. He's proved he's the the missing piece for Real Madrid for sure.
0: It's like they want he won three straight Champions Leagues there, and then you know ended up moving on from the club. But then they brought him back, and and now they're on their way to another title. And rounding out our panel tonight is the reigning Trivia Champion, won last week, bought himself a ticket to this week's show. It's Luke Hazen, also here in Tallahassee, the only other person on our show tonight that's here in T-Town. Luke, what's up, man?
4: Nothing much, Britt. Glad to be back on. I know you guys probably wouldn't let me back on the show if I didn't win my way back on, so I'm very, very grateful that I was able to come up in the clutch last week, but you know, just a solid solid weekend over here on my side of Tallahassee. I'm back at the Hazen Residence um, over in Tallahassee, so we're kind of on opposite sides. But overall, pretty good, decent weekend watching golf and uh, meticulously planning uh, which r- raised wins I'm going to see this year when the schedule came out today.
0: Ooh, yeah, schedule's out. 60 games. Uh, I'm I'm a little upset. You know, not upset. Uh, Rays weekday games, weeknight games, seven ten first pitch has been a mainstay forever. This year they switched it to six forty. They moved it up half an hour to try to reduce the amount of late nights that'll be spent at the ballpark. One hundred percent, like it's a good decision, I guess. But my, I, I tweeted it out. My biological baseball clock it's tuned to seven ten p.m. Eastern Time on a weeknight. The Rays are going to be playing baseball. And uh, now my biological clock's all thrown off that we've gone through the entire summer without baseball, besides, you know, in the US, I mean, because you guys know I'm a huge KBO guy. Uh, but when the Rays return in, in just a few weeks, uh, I'm going to have to remember that I got to get my TV on and, and put my butt on the couch uh, by, by 6:40, especially so I can, uh, you know, keep providing everyone with some great content over at a uh, raise your voice. That's just a little shameless plug there. Uh, you know, I can't tell anyone to go listen to it, but I'm just saying it's available if you'd like to listen to it, if you're a race fan or if you're not a race fan, uh, we, we do have big news, fellas. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a 10 year contract extension, to remain with Kansas City Chiefs, and the value of that contract is upwards of five hundred three million dollars, making it the largest contract ever in American professional team sports. <laughs> I remember reading an article on SB Nation back in February, maybe shortly after the end of the season. And it, it, it was stating that Patrick Mahomes was on his way to probably the first NFL contract of 200 million to plus dollars. And I read that and I was like, wow, 200 million. That's a lot. Like, that. but I, yeah, I think he, I think he's probably, you know, you know, that's what he's worth 200 million. That'd be a good, really good contract for a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. He did more than double that uh, over a 10 year deal and 10 year deals are, are insane for any sport really. But if you see him, it's usually in baseball or it's usually in hockey. In the NFL, you know, how many players play 10 years in the league, let alone sign a contract with one team for that amount of years? It, it, I, we all knew Patrick Mahomes was going to get this massive extension. It was a matter of when, not if. He had two years left on on his deal before the extension that was agreed to today. Gary, I mean, where do you start? I mean, $500 million, it, I don't even want to just debate the the worth of that. How insane is that? And what does that mean for for pro sports moving forward? It just raises
1: the bar. I mean, for everyone we thought it raised like in baseball, the bar just keeps getting raised. I mean, first it was Giancarlo Stanton with the Marlins with the 13, 325 or 27 million per year or for the contract. And then it was, um, and then it was Harper, then trout and it just keeps going up and up. But how is this really going to affect the game of football? Because, if football is such a weird game because you have actually a salary cap on like baseball. So you're not going to see too many more of these come about because you're not going to get too many more Patrick Mahomes. That's plain and simple, I believe. And it's just crazy. Cause like I first saw, I was like 10 years. Okay. This kind of makes sense when the first report came out from Schefter and then 400 and then it's close to 400 million. Wow. That's a lot. And then upwards of 450 million. And then his agent comes out and says, Nope, you're all undercutting. You're all shooting low five hundred and three and that's just unheard of how do you even how do you even negotiate five hundred million dollars in a contract
0: yeah and and what i'll say to that i think you you mentioned it there is no other patrick mahomes you know patrick mahomes don't grow on trees so i've seen a lot of the discussion uh around this contract agreement you know oh what's dak prescott going to get now what's lamar jackson going (laughs) to get deshaun watson these guys aren't patrick mahomes just, you know, a lot of times when you see an NFL quarterback that gets the biggest contract in the league, it's not often the best quarterback in the league. We've seen guys, started with Joe Flacco after he won a Super Bowl in Baltimore, but you've seen other guys like like Kirk Cousins get massive contracts and and a lot of other, you know, good quarterbacks, good starting quarterbacks around the league get these deals that, quote unquote, reset the market. (laughs) That is not what this deal is. Because no one, no one, no one's going to get five hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, this, the, you know, in our like, I don't even know how many more times in our lifetime, you know, I know, you know, con- contracts and salaries are going to go up, but ten years, five hundred million, like that, just I, I don't see that happening, really, ever, uh, unless you know someone comes along that's better than Patrick Mahomes. Well, but I think that you yeah. see him as maybe the greatest quarterback of all time once everything's said and done
4: yeah well you, you you talk about never seeing 503 million dollars for an NFL player again i don't really see this talented of a player this positive of a player no real no real you know negatives in terms of his character i don't see him coming into the league and winning a super bowl in his first 3 years for one of the most rabid fan bases in the NFL i don't see that happening again so it was really just if you think about it, it was the perfect storm leading up to this, this sizeable of a contract. I, I really, if you ask me to lay out a scenario where someone got this much money, I still wouldn't say they would get $503 million, but this is what it would take for someone to break the market. Like Patrick Mahomes has, yeah. I mean, he's simply been the best quarterback through the first three years of his career that we've ever seen.
0: Gabe, given what we know about this Mahomes deal, 500 million 10 years, and he's not making, you know, $50 million a year flat. Uh, the, the, I think the per year salary is is, is really yet to be determined with, with salary cap issues and guaranteed money. And there's a bunch of other stuff, but it's a total of $500 million when everything's said and done. If he's healthy, if he gets all the other stipulations and, and the Chiefs are up on their end. But you look at some of the other quarterbacks that I mentioned. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson are, are the first three that come to mind. Three very different quarterbacks, uh, but I mean, what number do you see these guys? Let's, let's let's say Deshaun Watson, who I think I would pick to have a, the best career out of those three. I think Lamar might be better right now; he's the MV, he's the reigning MVP. But I I would pick Deshaun Watson to have the best career out of those three. How much do you think he's worth after seeing what Mahomes just got?
1: Uh,
3: it's tough to say because Houston. They're not the best organization, so who knows what they're going to do. But I would Bill say, O'Brien might trade him. <laughs> let's, let's hope not, for their sake. <laughs> but uh, I would say ballpark, it's going to be around 35 to 40 mil per year. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean – we thought that's what or... the
0: market was going to be. Yeah. We just never thought that a quarterback, even a guy like Patrick Mahomes would sign for, for 10 years and have that much money on the table.
3: Yeah, and I think something else that we have to, like, realize is that it's a perfect situation, not just because of his youth and the many intangibles that he has, but the organization that he fell into, the Chiefs are not like the Patriots where they just want to, you know, go year by year and treat players like just players in a business. They actually care about Patrick Mahomes, and they have a good reason for that. But I think some other organizations might have treated him worse. So I think he got lucky in that sense.
0: Right, and, and Luke, I I think I know where you stand on this, but I'm not 100% sure, uh, and I'll just leave it at this. Is Patrick Mahomes worth it?
4: 100%. In, in all facets, on-field, off-field, with the fan base, he is the perfect quarterback that you could ask for inside and out for a franchise. So I, I completely understand the Chiefs giving him this kind of money. To put to put it simply, yes, he is absolutely worth it.
1: My whole – Oh, my mm, yeah. yep okay. So my whole problem with now where we go from here, looking at the Chiefs, how does this affect their salary cap? I mean, what, we don't know exactly how much per year he's going to be making on which uh, individual seasons, but I'm looking at their 2021 salary right now. Frank Clark's going to be making 26 million. Tyreek Hill's going to be making 20. Anthony Hitchens is going to be making 12 million. How is that, where are they going to be able to allocate money and how are they going to be able to build a squad that can support him properly? Because I mean, the Patriots were so successful for so long because they were able to sign good players or hungry players for lower deals and lower amounts. So they were never really in danger of salary cap, uh, like reaching and hitting and blowing through. They're, the Chiefs are going to be in danger of that soon. And right now, I mean, I'm looking at the this year's salary cap for the 2020 season. It's going to be $198.2 ninety eight point two million. So they're going to be – I'm assuming it's probably going to be somewhere in the ballpark, a little bit over $200 million by the time we get to Mahomes' first year off his this uh, current deal that he's on. But how is that going to change how they're able to adjust and make moves?
4: Well, Gary, to, to that I'd answer, I think it's not – with the contract that they gave Patrick Mahomes, I don't think that it's even – an investment in Patrick Mahomes. I also think they're putting a lot of trust in the way they've been able to draft and develop players, mm. especially on the offensive side of the ball. The last couple of years, you look at Tyree Hill, who they took a chance on in the later rounds of the NFL draft. He's become an absolute superstar. Um, and just, just last year, me Hardman out of Georgia, he's becoming a budding star right before our eyes. So if they can continue to draft these efficient low cost players, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think that's what they're putting their chips on the table for, uh, not not looking to pay everyone on the on the squad
1: i would hope you're right on that because that's the only way i could see them doing it because the whole way that the nfl's everyone's agreed that this is the way you win games now is you get a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal and then you build and buy a defense around him and then you go from there and that's why the chiefs won that's why the rams were looking very solid and some other teams that have been looking pretty good recently so it's going to be weird to see it kind of now flip you pay the quarterback and you pay some offensive players and then you try to draft a defense and maybe try and draft some other uh, players and maybe sign some guys cheap. I think they might take the route of the Seahawks. You see Russell and he's still
3: being able to carry the team. So I would expect Patrick Mahomes to be able to do the same thing. And the chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes on a two year deal from the mm-hmm. rookie deal left. So they at least have that to look forward to the next couple of years. I believe,
1: um, I believe for this year, he's going to make $7 million around that. And then the following year, he's going to make somewhere in the ballpark of $20 million. So it goes a little bit up, and then it's obviously going to go up a lot more in the following years.
3: Right. With, with the salary cap going up, we're expecting the team being able to pay their players in the future. But I think Patrick Mahomes gives you such a big advantage in the football field that you don't really have to worry so much when it comes to paying those players that also help
0: him. Because he can make anybody look good, right? Uh, And yeah, I I don't. We haven't. We don't know the exact details of the contract. I know it's like four hundred million guaranteed, one hundred forty million for injury guarantee. It's 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 insane. Uh, I'm guessing even after this rookie deal ends and this new contract fully kicks in, there's going to be it's going to be as backloaded as you can make it in the NFL, and not because you're just pushing the money back, but because the salary cap's going to increase. I mean that's just inevitable. So you just hope that it increases enough by the time that he's maybe averaging $45 million a year, uh, you know, at an average annual value that you can, you know, you do have some more money to bring in other players or to, you know, re-sign other players.
1: What will also be interesting to see is how, if possibly the whole situation with COVID-19 and the uh, kind of dip in the economy that we're going to see, if that's going to have more of a long-term effect on how the salary cap uh, works. Because as of right now, we've only just seen a steady rise in the cap. What if this uh, little dip here from the from COVID nineteen causes more of it to plateau and see a few years where it stays the same or stays around the same?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't quite know how it works in the NFL mm-hmm. with with the amount of revenue they get at the gate. Let's just assume no fans at uh, at NFL games this year. I have no idea if that's going to be true or not. But for the sake of this argument, let's just assume there's no fans, so they lose all mm-hmm. that ticket revenue. They refund all tickets, and, but you still get uh, very large TV contract money. The TV ratings are going to be maybe probably higher than they ever have been, um, given that you can't have fans in the stands, and mm-hmm. we still might be at a point where there's not much else to do around the country. You still might not be able to go to movie theaters, go to bars, go to concerts. All these other form of, forms of entertainment might not return. I don't know if the NFL will take a huge hit when it comes to revenue. Now, long-term, that, you know, and that's assuming that we, the country bounces back in a way that we can move past the COVID crisis by some point in 2021, which I don't know if that's possible.
1: Exactly. So I was just saying, look out for it. It's going to probably be more of a long-term, down-the-line, watch out for it.
0: Right, right. I want to go back to the question I asked Luke. I, Luke, I asked him, mm-hmm. is Patrick Mahomes worth it? And game by game, game for game, win for win, no quarterback, no football player is, is worth $500 million. With that being said, and, and I've made this argument before for several sports, and in, and in the football, and, in the quarter, quarter, and at the quarterback position, I think it works really well. You've got a bell curve. You've got at one end of the bell curve, the starting quarterbacks that probably should not be starting quarterbacks. We don't have to name names, but then you've got the bell, as the bell curve goes up, you've got the average starting quarterbacks. If you look at last year, you've got Andy Dalton, you know, maybe you throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in there, Gary. I feel like he had a pretty good season last year. Um, I would even throw Dak Prescott on that list. You've got Kirk cousins. You've got uh, Jared Goff out there. I know his team went to the super bowl, but these average quarterbacks, that are going to get you, you know, a good amount of wins. They're going to be good quarterbacks. They can, they can get the job done. They deserve to be starters. You pay them a lot of money already. And then you start to go down the bell curve, and you've got a lot less quarterbacks that can do what Patrick Mahomes does. So his value in terms of, yeah, he might only provide two or three more wins a season at best than some of these other quarterbacks that are making you know, $30, 35000000 or signing $100 million contracts. But there is, like you said, there is only one Patrick Mahomes, Gary. So that value then skyrockets because there you can't sign anyone else. If you want to get to that level, you've got to overpay for guys like that. And you've seen Patrick Mahomes who who won a Super Bowl or who won an MVP as a, in his first year as a starter and then next year went out and won a Super Bowl. Uh, and the model, like you said, Gary, is to to get a quarterback on a cheap, a cheap contract, cheap salary, usually as a rookie, and then – bring in top talent around said quarterback to go out and try to, to win as many games as you can. Now I think with that, if this contract is as backloaded as I think it will, and they still got a couple years where he's on that rookie deal, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, your goal is let's go out there and win as many Super Bowls as we can in the first half of this contract, first five years or seven years, as you include the two years that are on his rookie deal. And then future us can deal with any ramifications of this contract then, but we might have two or three more rings by then.
4: It'll be completely uh, at that worth point, it. It's yeah. worth
0: it. Right. Exactly. I, th-
2: I think the reason why he's getting baseball money right now is exactly that. Is the fact that he did bring a ring to Kansas city and for, for some cities, for some fans, you would give like 10 years of complete garbage for one year where you get a ring. As I would Tampa honestly, fans would. I wouldn't I would, say that without other other fans question, would. without question, without question, 2002 makes 2006 to 2014 absolutely worth it, because the one thing we the the Buccaneers might be the worst uh, franchise in the history of the NFL. But one thing that you will never be able to take away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was that they had the best defense of all time, and they got a Super Bowl that year. That's something yeah. that you can't take away. And for for Kansas City, who's been the bridesmaid but never the bride for over fifty years. That is something that they would absolutely take. You have to pay this guy baseball money, but he's going to get you rings. Nobody's going to say no to that.
1: Exactly, and you're looking to get you're looking to get those intangibles from him and those wins, because like uh, Alex Smith is last year with Kansas City, he played phenomenally, over four thousand yards, only five picks, twenty five or so touchdowns, but they lost first round to the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. Mahomes the next season they come in, he wins, they win the first uh, game in the playoffs, then lose the next. And then this year, they were able to have those comeback wins that not too many quarterbacks in this league can achieve. So that's where you're really trying to do. You're trying to buy those wins. It's like Moneyball. We're not trying to replace these. We're not trying to replace those numbers. We're trying to buy wins and get those numbers up.
0: Yeah, uh, Sebastian. I don't know. I don't know if I would. uh, I might trade in all these years of terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible football. Obviously, you, the Super Bowl yeah. is a special year, but I. If, I would, I would appreciate a little more sustained success.
4: If you're talking to a 50 year old Bucks fan, maybe. If you're talking to a Luke Hazen who was two years old when the Bucks won their Super Bowl, <laughs> he might, he, I might disagree with you. Yeah.
1: That's same thing with the Marlins, yeah. man. 2003, they won, then haven't been good since.
0: Yeah, in the in the Rays, we had one pennant, and hopefully, a world, maybe a World Series this year. Who knows? Like <laughs> Lays, I said, Marlins, I really world like series. The Rays. If you're a I betting man, like the Rays. I yeah, have
3: a I question: it. What's going to happen with Andy Reid? Like, we know that he wants to keep on coaching, but is he going to be Not for in ten it? years? By the time the contract's over, so who's going to be the second coach play. that Patrick Mahomes gets to play for?
2: If we go for Brett's kind of vision for the Chiefs, which is win everything in five and then worry about the next five, then that that kind of okay, we'll have the coach that got us the Super Bowl. For the next five, and then we'll go do something. We, you know, that's 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 a problem for the 2026 Kansas City Chiefs, not the 2020 Chiefs. Um, I I think the 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 that Brett is kind of dead on, really, with the way things are going to go for the next five years.
0: Yeah, uh, Andy, I don't know. There's that one coach. He's he's bounced around. I think he's at LSU now. What's his name? uh, Duggar Duggerton Duggs. There's, maybe he might end up uh, with the with the Chiefs. No, when when we get to that point, we'll
1: there'll be some new young head coach, a Cliff Kingsbury type guy that'll be the new hotness in the league. That'll come about and be like, he's the guy, he's the offensive guru. Let's
0: just get it. <laughs> It'll be hardball.
4: <laughs> it, it, it's right in front of you guys. He's sitting right next to Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, he is the heir to the throne. Come, and, I mean, that is. That is, if he doesn't get hired by an NFL right. team before exactly. that. But I, th- I think that they're they're slowly but surely they're locking up their quarterback now. I think there's a succession plan in place for Vietnamese and Reed. I'm sure they've had conversations about it, but I don't know.
0: You would hope, yeah. But the how case. long is Vietnamese willing to yeah. wait? Yeah, yeah. you're, you're
4: absolutely right about that.
0: I mean, um, I might be willing to wait if I knew I was going to have Patrick Mahomes for maybe my, you know, at least half my NFL thing.
1: coach. I mean, that's what New England's doing with Josh McDaniels. They promised – I bet you they have promised him the position of head coach once Belichick's done, and McDaniels is sitting there waiting.
4: He's just, And he's just chilling. He's chilling yeah. there winning. And drawing. Exactly. Well, now he's going to have to draw Newton. plays for Cam Newton. But yeah, so he's not been, about uh,
1: winning yet. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I thought Jeff Scott and Brent Venables were, were waiting, and uh, Scott jumped ship, <laughs> took a USF job. Like I said, hey, I don't – Don't be shocked if Dabo leaves in the next five years.
1: He said once the players get paid, he's gone.
0: (laughs) Well, I think he might have uh, another job opportunity available to him uh, over in Tuscaloosa. But story for another day, we're (laughs) we're talking NFL here in in Patrick Mahomes, $500 million contract. Sebastian, you mentioned baseball money, which is insane that that, that even in, in baseball, you know, the quarterback position in the NFL in terms of total importance to a team is higher than just about any baseball player has to any major league team. You know, what's Mike Trout's highest wins above replacement? Eight wins, nine wins. He, he's had a 10-win season, I'm pretty sure, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you know, there's quarterbacks that do that every year, provide yeah. that for their team at above an, a replacement level. So I also I, thought pre- of oh, Go ahead. No, go ahead.
2: I also thought it was pretty funny that uh, when when Gary thought of big league, like big money contracts, he imi- immediately went to uh, Giancarlo Satin as his kind of first example. When he didn't, when he conveniently skipped over the granddaddy of them all, the first one, A-Rod.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. A-Rod,
2: is, A-Rod was the first example that I thought of because this is, a, this is, this is the NFL's A-Rod moment where
0: yeah, it's, But Stanton reset the market an again. An unholy That's...
4: amount of money. Show some Josh Hamilton the going to the Angels.
0: <laughs> no, but Stanton with the length and and the and the size when you hit that 30 million threshold that we've seen Grinky hit, David Price hit, Mike Trout uh did Bryce Harper sign for 300 million, I don't think so, but Manny Machado did. No, they, Sir,
4: no. Was... Harper was 330
0: million. Yeah. He yeah. barely beat up Stanton. Yeah, yeah, he barely beat because His AAV was is lower. It's like 26 a year. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Trout signed it at $400 million plus. Uh, p- pivoting, before we get to the UFC, I got I forgot to ask you guys. I mean, who watched Hamilton? I did. I, I sure as hell did. Luke, <laughs> no?
4: No, no, I did not. I, uh, I, I have some very bad – ptsd of hamilton kids at my high school who were so <laughs> so eager to talk to me about how great it was and talk down on me back in high school so i, I yeah, might get around to watching right. it but they were right
0: <laughs> they were. So
4: good. i don't know I, I might have to check it out i don't know
0: uh my favorite parts uh my favorite characters within the performance angelica schuyler and uh king george i don't know king what about you gary
1: King George is up there for me. I really enjoyed um, Thomas Jefferson in that. I thought he was very good, and I can't remember who he played earlier on, but the guy who played James Madison later on in the yeah. play, uh, those two guys were very good together.
0: Yeah, no, Jonathan Groff as King George uh, was just amazing. But obviously, you know, we we don't talk uh, we don't talk Broadway or musicals much on Tomahawk Talk. So yeah, I, I know this anytime. has been a summer of firsts. So. I-
1: I can do it. I, my, it. My sister was a the, did theater for all up and through high school, so I've had my fair share of events at the old theater.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and don't worry, guys. I, we do have trivia tonight. I have not told the contestants what the trivia uh, theme is. We're going to get to Hamilton. that later in the show. It's not, it's show, not Broadway man. musicals. It's not Hamilton. That would have been a good idea. I kind of wish I had, so maybe stay on your toes for the, oh, no. in the future for the rest of the summer. Say, um, I got I to
1: gotta block out another two hours and forty minutes of my time.
0: <laughs> but l- let's get to UFC. Uh, when, when UFC returned, the, their first uh, was it was it two fifty or two forty nine? Was there was the first pay per view back after everything shut down for a little bit? I know UFC never truly shut down. This this happened a few months ago. Now uh, it had an amazing card, and they've had some other events since then. But now UFC two fifty one. Big time, big time fight coming up. So, so, Gary, why don't you tell the people about uh, the the Us- Usman and Masvidal fight set for UFC 50, uh, 251.
1: Well, it wasn't always supposed to be Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Originally, it was supposed to be Kamar Usman and uh, Brent. Or sorry, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank right now. Gilbert Burns. They were supposed to take on each other for the welterweight title, the main event of the evening, and. Burns recently tested positive for coronavirus as of this past weekend. And thankfully, by the grace of God, Jorge Masvidal steps in and saves this card because this is already supposed to be a great card. There's three, title, there's three title fights on the line right now. We have the welterweight, the featherweight, and the bantamweight titles all going at it this weekend. And then it was supposed to be just two. And now we get arguably a way better fight than Burns and Usman was supposed to be. And now we got Kamar Usman and Jorge Masvidal. So this is going to be just a fight of epic proportions. I mean, we had Jorge Masvidal fight in the BMF title against Diaz a few uh, later last year. And now we get him going up against the best welterweight in the world. So I'm, I'm excited to see the style bender go at it. And I'm just, this whole weekend is going to be, a, this whole night's going to be great. Because from top to bottom, the women, the two women's fights, and then the three uh, main event fights are going to be great.
0: Yeah, Masvidal, the fact that this fight has kind of been spurned on him last second, what does that do for his chances to be able to beat Usman in this fight?
1: It hurts them a little bit. I mean, obviously, if he had a full camp getting ready for this, he's go- he was going to be probably the favorite going into it, even though he is not the title holder. But I say, I don't know what the odds are. I didn't actually give them a look, but he is one of the ultra-confident fighters in the uh, UFC right now. And sometimes that confidence that he brings to the table can push him over the edge. I mean, he had that with Ben Askern and he's even showing it a little bit right now. He tweeted out just today. He said, because uh, if you didn't, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, Miami-Dade County has shut down some bars or restaurants. They've gone back to delivery and takeout only. And uh, Masvidal, who's from Miami himself, he said, they line to all my people back home, hashtag Miami, shutting down because there will be a baptism on July 11th. And they want to make sure you are home and watching. So this guy brings <laughs> just so much energy to the tables. And he's going to talk about sending Usmar to the shadow realm and just putting him in a, just burying him. Cause I mean, he did that. It was just about a year ago, I believe today or yesterday that he sent Ben Askren to the shadow realm with a cracking knee to the head to in the first 10 seconds of the fight, which was amazing. And I never saw coming. So I don't know if we're going to see that necessarily in this fight, but it's going to be a ton of fun, and
0: I'm super excited. So, Gary, I pulled up the odds. Uh, mm-hmm. William Hill has Usman at minus 300, wow. and Masvidal at plus 240. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, that Masvidal plus 240 looks really, really nice.
1: It looks really nice. I'm, I have to agree with you there. It looks pretty, pretty tasty. I, don't, but I just
0: don't way. know if that's because I'm a huge Masvidal fan.
1: I think that's I think that's the case with everyone. I think he talks that game. It's like that Conor McGurray. He brings that energy. He brings that swagger. And you just want to believe him because he's – I mean, he's so – I think he's so likable in my opinion. Right,
0: right. And Ben Askren's a great fighter. Mm-hmm. But Masvidal is not going to do to Usman what he did to Askren in five seconds with the flying knee.
1: Exactly. And I think Usman's going to be – I know Diaz was supposed to be a tough test. That's why it was the BMF title. I can't say those words on air right now. But Usman, I think, is the toughest test he's had to date, and it's going to be so much fun to see the style bender go at
0: it. Yeah, uh, this is this is one to watch. Maybe I need to, uh, maybe I need to not have to worry about streaming, and I need to just. You might need bullet. to invest on this one. This one,
1: yeah. if you you and Alex can split it, I mean, you it should be good. It's going to be great. Maybe we opinion.
0: will. Maybe we will. It's going to be I, worth. The money. Be It'll
1: be, yeah, whole, be the rooting. whole car will be worth the money because I mean you have. First fights, Amanda Rivas against Paige Van Zant, Then you got Jessica Andrade, I can't pronounce her last name, and then Rose uh, Namajunas. We love Rose. She's great. Then you got Peter Yan, the young up-and-comer against old man, the old head, Jose Aldo, and then Alexander uh, Volkan- Volkanovsky against Max Holloway, and then the main event, Usman Masvidal.
0: And what are the pay-per-view? I mean, it's going to be 60 or 70 bucks probably.
1: 65-70, yeah, I think that's it.
0: So I got to put like 25-30 bucks on it. There yeah. you go. But on Mossville be... 25 yeah. or 30 bucks on Mos you make your money win, back.
1: And then I, I mean watch even for if free. even if you split it with Al, your roommate, you're going to yeah. as long as you put 10 down, you'll make yeah. you'll make the money back. You'll be good.
0: Mossville's going to win. You you heard it here first.
1: Uh I'm going with Mossville too. I'm going to take let, Miami. So let, SoFlo 305.
0: See it. <laughs> Before we get to trivia, which I am excited about this week, uh, PGA Tour another great event, and Bryson DeChambeau picks up a win, uh, you know, at, at the Travelers. So, Luke, Luke, I'll go to you first. You know, Bryson, what a spectacle uh, since the PGA r- returned a few weeks ago.
4: I mean, listen, I was already a huge Bryson fan before the before quarantine, years and years back when I've when I watched this dude you know, use one length irons, who uses that on tour and hearing him explain what he was trying to do and what he was trying to accomplish and figuring out what really goes into a golf swing. I was intrigued by it. Then he adds on 40, almost 40 pounds during quarantine and he comes back says he's chasing distance. That's never worked out for any PGA tour player ever. Plenty have tried plenty have failed trying to just chase pure distance on a golf course. You can't win tournaments that way. He is absolutely proving that to be false. He finally gets his first win of the year. He has been in contention on all four Sundays since we've been back on tour, and he finally gets validated with this almost pull-away victory on Sunday over Matt Wolf, who had a three-shot lead. He was up three strokes heading into the final round, and Bryson just blew him out of the water, especially on that back nine. Um, And I know Gary's going to get more into what exactly uh, went into Bryson's victory, but, I mean, he is the absolute heel the heel that the PGA Tour needed, and he is the main event every single week. I tune in to watch the PGA Tour.
1: Mm-hmm. And I want, and a little bit. Of, I think the main reason why Bryson DeChambeau had such a field day out there this weekend at the Rocket Mortgage Rocket Mortgage at Detroit Golf Club is the course layout. And I've since, thankfully, because I've been reading uh, golf or the Anatomy of a Golf Course by Tom Doak this quarantine, I've gotten a little bit more of that insight as to why he's yeah. been able to do what he's done. And he struggled early in, these, in the tournaments, the first three tournaments that we had this year, because they were on shorter courses, because he had a lot less room to work with and it wasn't a place where he could kind of run free and run wild. But this course in Detroit is more of a Parkland style course, where that means where it's more wide open, flat level, not a lot of trees tightening the fairways and not a lot of narrow corridors to go through. And so he was able to just have a field day and see how far he could launch the ball and not have to worry about missing right or left and also not have to worry about water hazards because this course has, one, I believe, one water hazard on the whole 18 holes of this course, so, which somehow he f- managed to find on Sunday. <laughs> Ironic. But uh, he really was able to take advantage of it that way. And that's where everyone else was at such a disadvantage because he understands it doesn't matter if I'm in the rough or the fairway as long as I will have 180 yards in or something like that on depending on the hole, he's going to be money. And that's where he proved that he was and credit to him. He was able to finally find his putting stroke as well. And that was the part that was really hurting him in these first three tournaments. He could not find his touch on the greens. And that was mainly because he had bulked up 40 pounds in from fall to now. So seeing that transformation, I mean, I expected him to find his putting stroke and it happened at the right time for him because his drivers and irons and everything else was playing just so well.
0: Yeah. And Gary, you, you corrected me there. I said the travelers, that was the weekend before it was the uh, rocket mortgage. Yes, it's event. okay. We talked about the travelers last week as uh, yes. DJ won. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Wolf through the first three rounds playing really good golf, and uh, the putts were really just falling for him. Mm-hmm. And oh. looking into the analytics uh, uh, of golf a little more, the putting can be more random, you know. Uh, but but Bryson, whose game really isn't built on his putting, has a lot more uh, sustainable attributes that that help him get to where he is. And then the putts did start falling for Bryson, and that's obviously you know a huge part of of, of what led him to winning this weekend and yeah so much fun to watch yeah, is, nope there you go yeah uh-huh. i was gonna say
4: uh one more thing from my end on it uh robbie calland great follow on twitter covers golf a lot covers minnesota sports a lot but he, he's really into golf he described it perfectly and it, like my mind was broken when i heard this He is the james harden of golf he, he eliminates almost every single variable that you can come up with by just pounding it, pounding it over these fairways. Just like James Harden is taking a majority of threes, he is eliminating the, the variability that takes place on a golf course. If you can pound drives 350 yards plus and have just a flip wedge in, it doesn't matter if you're not always on on with your wedges. You're always going to have a wedge into the green, and that that is so much to a golfer – to not have to go to those mid irons, long irons with your second shots.
1: The problem that's going to come up for Bryson is that not every course is built like Detroit Golf, club. not everything's true. a Parkland course, so he's going to have like TPC Sawgrass. It's TPC Sawgrass requires precise irons, precise driver, and everything has to go perfectly because it's more of a target golf course, and that's what uh, Pete Dye wants. Nicholas, I mean, when I talked when he came over to FSU, when he talked about the redesign. I asked him one of the things because he prides himself on this, I believe when it's in his golf course design, he wants to neutralize the long ball and that's by creating tougher angles and be creating a lot more hazards. And he did that at FSU. I mean, FSU is a tough place to really bomb and go long and with it. And it's granted, I'm not a long hitter. I'm in the high two hundreds with my driver every now and then peaking at 300, but it's going to be tough when he has to try and adjust to courses that require more narrow corridors for him to shoot through. So he got he had this was the perfect storm for him, perfect course layout, and his putting was on fire. And I think that's what's going to come down for him every single week. But we yeah. a L-
4: little betting note here shockingly, to, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. Bryson is now the favorite to win the US Open at uh, Winged Foot later this year, and he is now the favorite to win at Harding Park for the PJ Championship. Both – or both – not courses, but both tournaments are known to penalize those who can't hit fairways, especially Mm -hmm. the U.S. Open. Bryson cannot just go and be okay with the rough. It is impossible to hit out of most of those courses that they play for the U.S. Open. So I'm going to be very, very excited to watch how Bryson deals with those sort of course conditions later this year. So are you saying
0: to fade Bryson going into those majors? Absolutely.
4: Um, Yep,
1: because I I want to
4: see if the USGA
1: and the PGA – Try and neutralize him because they know because the because remember this uh, over the winter, they had the whole discussion about drivers and ball distance control that they've been trying to manage because Bryson's obviously showing it can be a problem for the game of golf in terms of how courses become uh, more redundant in the grand scheme of things so maybe they try and neutralize him a lot more by really tightening up fairways and making him be
4: precise.
0: Let me clarify, uh, Luke. You aren't telling people to bet against Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, I'm
4: soliciting no gambling advice gambling. whatsoever. Right. Just, just right. a little interesting to me. Right. The only, right. the I only major sure tournament, the only major tournament he wasn't favored in was the Masters, where Rory was plus six fifty to win, which is surprising because Rory's had his, you know, his, his uh, great moments there and his struggles there. I, I wouldn't. I guess he's the best golfer in the game right now, but it's a little interesting to see him be the outright favorite right now.
1: I'm interested to see what his odds are going to be these next two weeks because these next two weeks are at Mirafield Village. Both
4: at Mirafield, that's right.
0: Jack's place. (laughs) Yep. Are you guys ready for some trivia? Absolutely. Let's do it. it. All right. So the the theme. We talked about it. That was our lead story on the show. Patrick Mahomes, $500 million contract with the Kansas City Chiefs over 10 years. So I thought it was only fitting, and I had to throw this together today, that we do sports contracts trivia oh so across man all sports we've got all sorts of questions about contracts the good and the bad and, and and we're doing it on kahoot so uh whenever you guys are ready just give it up to kahoot.it uh, again if, you, if you're a first time listener to the show uh sebastian have you given me screen sharing abilities uh, you need to No, uh, yeah sure let me in uh, sebastian let's see Sure.
4: again great radio great radio here. i think uh, you have it go.
0: already <laughs> no now i, I do i think you do now yeah all right Sports contracts trivia. Everyone's going to be on Kahoot. If you have not watched the show or listen to the show, rather, it is a podcast um, since we started doing it, doing this Kahoot is a trivia game that I think a lot of us were introduced to in school. Um, but basically I am going to be displaying the trivia questions on the screen and uh, the contestants will be answering on their cell phones through the internet. You Get points, obviously for correct answers for how quickly you answer correctly. And uh, if you answer, like, I think starting at three in a row, you start to get bonus points for having a hot streak. That has led, I think, to most of our champions have gone on hot streaks towards the end of the game, we get it nailing the last five or six questions uh, to propel them to the victory. That's what led Luke to winning. He went from uh, worst to first. Sorry. from like question four on he did not get a single of the first four questions right but nailed the last six propelled himself into first place and now he's back on this week's episode defending his title against gary gabe and sebastian in sports contracts trivia so uh i don't know let's get the show on the road i've got some cool notes with some tidbits on some of the questions i know we haven't really had that in the past i've kind of just had the correct answers but i created most of these questions myself a couple of them i stole from some other quizzes on the internet, but let's do this thing, guys. All right, pulling up Kahoot. Bad radio. The internet's slow. Okay, here we go. All right. The pin is on there on the screen. Three six. Well I guess I don't need to give everyone else the pin. They can't play, don't worry. (laughs) We're not live. That would be fun if we did a live Kahoot. (laughs) Like I don't think it would work with the radio delay. That would be chaotic. (laughs) Yeah if we did once we get back in studio the listeners can hop on and play perhaps (laughs) that would actually be really fun we'd have like five people
2: i think you'd be at a disadvantage because you wouldn't be able to see the question or the options you would have to be oh
0: ah, you're right we go
1: back to the old the one couple days that we did tomahawk talk live video stream as well
0: and we i want to get that we never
2: could get those off the ground really well
0: That was one of the plans for this semester if everything wasn't cut short, but Mm. all right, you guys are all logged in. Let's get this thing going. We've got 10 questions. We're starting with question one here in just a second. You guys can see the screen.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, here we go. Question one, who was the first American professional team sports athlete with a salary of $1 million, Mike Schmidt, George Brett, Cal Ripken Jr. or Nolan Ryan?
1: go with this. i don't know
0: this one i've
2: I'm never three a, like one correct
0: responses for nolan ryan what was the one name you recognized sebastian cal Ripken. you didn't know no, nolan, ryan? No, nolan ryan or george brett i'm drawn to george right brett my, on, man. i'll tell
4: you what my my dad and i were having this debate the other night Who was the first million to, it, we we went between pete rose and nolan ryan we finally figured out it was nolan ryan so that was a bit of a layup to start
0: you guys nolan were actually ryan. discussing
1: that
4: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: wow <laughs> Nolan Ryan signed a four-year contract with the Houston Astros that paid him $1 million per season. That was right after he left the California Angels and became a free agent. And, uh, yeah, first million-dollar salary in in American professional team sports. All right. So let's look at the scoreboard. Luke and Gabe are tied in the lead at 737 points, Gary at 672, and Sebastian – Still with a goose egg, but it's only been one question. So, uh, oh, another fun fact, Nolan Ryan, never won a Cy Young Award. Seven no-hitters, first million-dollar man per year, and uh, never won a Cy Young Award. Let's go to the next question. (laughs) Before Patrick Mahomes, who was the last NFL player to sign a contract for at least 10 years? Donovan McNabb, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, or Michael Vick?
3: I think I know this one.
0: This is wrong. And zero answers. With the guess.
4: Falcons? Yeah.
0: Ten-year gonna... deal oh, with the Falcons. man. Only got three years into it before he was sentenced to jail time. Uh, Donovan McNabb also signed a ten-year contract. Brett Favre was given a lifetime contract with the Packers. Mm. I don't know if it was ever officially a ten-year <laughs> deal. But both of those were signed before Michael Vick signed his ten-year deal back in 2004. Uh, with the Atlanta Falcons, and it, it was a 10-year, $130 million contract extension signed on Christmas Eve 2004. So Merry Christmas, Michael Vick.
4: Who else chose Favre with me? I did. There you go, Gary.
0: Yeah. So Favre, I Favre. had his lifetime deal in like 'o two or one. McNabb signed a 12-year deal with the Eagles around the same time. Uh, McNabb made a lot of money. You talk about that Eagles contract, and then yeah. the Redskins contract. He got paid a lot of money to go to the Redskins. So Yeah. Big time money for Donovan McNabb. Let's take a look at the scoreboard. Nope. Everyone, Everyone got, got it wrong. Answers. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> that, so 737 I, for Luke and Gabe, 674 for, Gary this and for Shoot. Sebastian. Yeah, no one's got a streak going into question three. So let's do it. Let's go to question three. In what year will Bobby Benilla receive <laughs> his last $1.19 million payment from the New York Mets? 2021, 2030. 2031 or 2035 one correct response for 2035 and sebastian according to his reaction uh, gets on the board uh came came to a a deal with the mets in 2001 to defer the remaining six million dollars left on his contract when they did not want to keep him around to 2011 and with an eight percent annual interest rate uh, and that so the payment started in uh, 2011 of 1.19 million dollars, and they will stay that way until 2035. The the overall value of the deferred money is going to be like 30 million dollars by the time everything is said and done. <laughs> uh, Bobby Benilla Day is July 1st every year. So uh, thank God for the well ponds and, and thank God for the New York Mets. Uh, one correct like there pension. from Sebastian. Imagine getting a right. pension.
2: That is
4: 1.1 million dollars mm. every year. Yeah, okay, so we're so it, we're still on the podium. We're still.
0: With that, Sebastian jumps into the lead with 843 points. Luke and Gabe tied for second with 737. And then you've got Gary in fourth with 672 points. Let's go to question four. All right, question four. In what year did Major League Baseball usher in free agency for the first time? 1932, 1976, 1990, or 2000? Tough question. I'm so Uh, stupid.
4: Ooh, I'm so, so stupid.
0: We just talked about how Nolan Ryan so signed a four-year contract in free agency with the Houston Astros in, in near 1980, and we had two people select 1990 as the year <laughs> that free agency began in Major League <laughs> Baseball. I probably should have put this one before the Nolan Ryan question, but I said, hey, let's give them some process of elimination. The real only The only true choices were 1932 and 1976, and the correct answer was 1976. Two people got that right. Who got that? Was it Gary and Gabe? Gary and Sebastian? Yep, that was me. All right. So, yeah, 1976, first year that free agency was introduced in Major League Baseball. Let's take a look at the standings. Sebastian stays in first place, 1,545 points. Gary jumps into second, 1,430. And Luke and Gabe stuck on 737 for for, uh, quite some time now. Insane. As we get to question five, Luke, are you sweating yet? Are you not worried yet? Uh, we're we're getting feeling. a
4: little tense up in here, a little, little right. tight. We're fine, though.
0: All right, on to question five. Who had the highest NBA salary for the 2019-2020 season? Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Chris Paul, or James Harden?
1: I feel like I know this one, and I don't. There, there
0: we <laughs> go. Steph Curry is correct. Uh, we're back. 40- Forty point two million dollars this season, and is scheduled to make forty three million dollars next season. The second highest paid player is Chris Paul. Uh, LeBron and Harden are up there too, but not quite as high as Steph in CP three. And uh, let's take a look at the leaderboard. We had two correct responses for Steph Curry. Gabe, did and you and I get that right? Responses sure. for James Harden. There
4: we go. Welcome
0: back. So Gabe jumps in a Oof. second. He is only twenty points behind Sebastian, who's still in first. Sebastian riding in hot. He's at 1,545 points. Gabe, 1,525. And it's real close for the rest of this thing. Luke, Mm -hmm. 1,464. Gary, 1,430. Everyone's within striking distance. Looks like everyone's uh, answered the same amount of questions correctly. And uh, I don't know if we've had a game this close at the halfway point yet. But let's move on to question six. What were the terms of Jamarcus Russell's rookie (laughs) contract? Oh, no. five years, 50 million, six years, 60 million, five years, 40 million or six years, 68 million.
2: I don't know. Two, I mean, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: correct responses for six years, $68 million. That deal was with the Oakland Raiders. And uh, let's just say it didn't work out for them, but we had two mm-hmm. correct responses for uh, six years, $68 million. And we have a new leader, Gary takes the lead. He's at 2,178 points. Sebastian right behind him, 2,132. Gabe sitting at 1,525 and falling behind the pack once again is our champion, Luke Hazen. At, he's at 1,464 points. Not much time left. Four questions nope. left, Luke. That you, you really don't control your own destiny here unless you nail all four of these. Uh, so, Even then,
4: I'm still going to need some I help know.
0: here. Yeah, you're going to need a little bit of help. So. Let's see, going into the final four questions. Question seven. How much did Connor McDavid, who has the NHL's highest salary, make in 2019? $10.5 million, $12.5 million, $15 million, or $20 million? Three correct responses for $12.5 million. That is uh, the highest salary in NHL. Obviously, they they lag a little bit behind the other three major sports in the United States. Who was the one unlucky, incorrect guesser? At $10.5 million. Gabe, Gabe, not having the best of games so far tonight in his return to Tomahawk Talk Trivia. Gary stays in the lead. It's still so close. Gary at 2,959 points. Sebastian, 2,898. Luke, not far behind, 2,246 in third. Gabe at 1,525 points. Gabe, you're going to need a minor miracle if you want a chance to maybe even make the podium in this game. Not to scare you, not to make you feel bad. Uh, but you're going to have to step it up here for the last three questions. Let's move on to question eight. Approximately how much money will former Cowboys quarterback, Tony Romo make per year as the lead color, color analyst for CBS? One and a half million dollars, $7 million, $17 million or $20 million. Tony Romo. $17 oh, million no. is correct. Uh, we split it here. Let's go. Two people incorrectly <laughs> chose $20 million, which isn't far off, but 17 million probably makes him the highest-paid person in sports broadcasting ever. Uh, I can't imagine anyone else bringing in that type of money, but Tony Romo has kind of rose to, uh, you know, maybe a, a larger uh, fame on TV than he, not fame, uh, success on TV than he ever did in his NFL career. (laughs) He's getting paid more of the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. He's definitely, well, yeah, he's definitely making a a good chunk of money. $17 million was the correct answer. It was answered correctly by Gary and by Luke. Gary pulls away. He's 3,881 points. Luke jumps into second place at 2,983. Sebastian right behind him at 2,898. And Gabe at 1,525. Gabe, I, th- I think it's safe to say, not your night. It's not going to work out for you here. We've got two questions left. Uh, I hope you finish strong. Maybe hop on the podium. You can still pass Sebastian and Luke. Uh, really out of reach, though, when, when it comes to catching Gary and, and winning tonight. Uh, you know, what, what kind of went wrong? Just not your night? I just blame myself for thinking that the Raiders would do something smart. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it, we've still got a time to tie the race. Gary looks like the clear favorite, and I needed Gary to lose tonight if he's <laughs> going to host this Sports Stadium Trivia, and I can hop back in. Uh, but if he wins, he's going to. Ha- I'm going to have to keep hosting, or someone else is going to have to host. Maybe, maybe that's what we'll do because yeah. I need another shot at Gary. That's <laughs> the uh, that's the Usman Masvidal of our yeah. uh, of Tomahawk <laughs> Hawk Trivia. All right, going on to question nine. When Babe Ruth was the highest-paid player in baseball in 1922, how much money did he make? $52,000, $77,000, $105,000, or $223,000? Did you Babe make Ruth, this in today's oh, $52,000 for Babe Ruth, the potentially the greatest baseball player of all time. Two correct responses there in question nine, uh, and then one incorrect response for $77,000 and one incorrect response for $105,000.
4: Gary clinched it. Gary. I think he's
0: done it. I, I think Gary has clinched the title here. Going into question 10, Sebastian jumps into second. So, Gary's at 4,879. Sebastian, 3,697. Luke, 2,983. And Gabe, not having the best night still, 1,525. Let's go to question 10. This one, I don't know. This one might be one of might the most not difficult ones. I, I, well, unless Sebastian's on a hot streak, I think yeah. it is. Well, I don't. Sebastian think you've got my, two my, in a row right
2: no 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 just one I think my hot streak oh, isn't high enough for me to get the next mm-hmm. question yeah
0: and Gary might also be on the verge of on a hot streak so yeah. let's see where it goes though let's see what the final score is uh, the podium could be shaken up a little bit here too final question question 10 who signed the biggest contract in Kansas City Chiefs history before Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey Allen Bailey Justin Houston or Alex Smith My biggest contract in Chiefs history, Justin Houston, is the correct answer. He signed a six-year, $101 million contract back in 2016. A little right around 20% of what Patrick Mahomes just signed for in the year uh, 2020, which is pretty crazy to say the least. But two correct responses for Justin Houston, two incorrect responses for Alex Smith, which was a very good guess, given that he was a quarterback. Let's go ahead and take a look at the podium. Coming in third place with 3,697 points is Sebastian Angeriano, our producer. In second place with 3,857 points is Luke Hazen. And in first place, a runaway winner. Back again as the champ, he wasn't gone (laughs) for long. It's Gary Putnick, 6,100 10 points nailed seven of the 10 questions. One of the highest rates I think we've seen in Tomahawk talk trivia, an amazing score at 6,000 plus points. Gary, were you feeling it tonight? Were there any guesses? We, it just not hard enough. What, what went on?
1: There were a few guesses, but from what I remembered of contracts of other teams and stuff, it just came down to me knowing in the ballpark, like I knew McDavid, I knew hockey isn't big money sports. So I couldn't have shot too high babe ruth i told y'all he made peanuts and he was the lo- it was the lowest number on that uh list and then jamarcus russell you gotta know it was an absurd contract that he was given so you just take the highest number
0: <laughs> see you guys take notes there there's, uh, there's lessons from a three-time champion now three times no. this is gonna be his third reign he's one yeah. more than that i was about to say it's you know four. what i'm saying
2: yeah. It's, this is your 20% higher than anybody else in the uh, competition or no 50% higher than everybody else in the competition. I think Gary's juicing.
0: I he might Gary's be. Juicing. He might be. I don't know. We got to check the, the search history over there on the computer, but he answered him <laughs> fast. Yeah I, don't, yeah. I don't know. We might invite someone <laughs> yeah. else on to host because I need it. I need another crack at you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe,
1: I mean, if anything, I could take the week off and I could do the stadium trivia. And then no, I could you come you back need
0: to defend your title. You can't try to hold on to your title. I'll titles. be
1: more than
4: willing to come back on, could, and pop in and MC the the event next week. We right. could have. We,
1: we could have an interim title holder, and then I could come in and face the interim champ.
0: I don't want that. No, I, think I want that, to beat you right hey, away. I want to no, beat you, you this week. No, no you got to right. work your that, way up
1: the ladder. You got to fight. Gary, Gary,
0: don't worry. Once I beat you, you'll get your chance to host and do your sports stadium right, trivia. It fine, won't take right. long. Sounds good to me. It won't take long. We are, we are right about an hour for tonight's show. We're going to go a little over here as we as we close things out. But that is going to do it for this week's episode of tomahawk talk uh, a fun one with again more and more sports news we're trying to get back to normal i know i, I sounded kind of glum at the start <laughs> of the show but but i hope i hope i uh i put that aside throughout the show because there's some fun exciting sports stuff to talk about and obviously some fun trivia to round out our show big thank you to per- our producer sebastian Angeliano as always and uh for gabe Tisness, luke hazen and gary putnick i'm brett rutherford and i'll talk to you next week